All right, my son. It's time to... Hey, I I didn't see you come in. You're back. You came back for night two. <laughs> I'm so excited to hear that. We're here with night two of the 13 nights of Halloween. <laughs> We're talking about a movie from the master of horror himself, as some would say. Yeah, it's fair. Yeah, we are discussing Wes Craven's 1989 film Shocker. Yes, we are. Bryce is so excited to talk about this one. So excited. All right. (laughs) So for those of you who don't know the premise of Shocker, after being captured for a series of gruesome murders, Horace Pinker, a television repairman, faces execution by the electric chair. But a deal with the devil allows him to come back as electricity. Once he changes into his new form, Pinker goes after the detective that brought him down, Lieutenant Don Parker, as well as Parker's adopted son, Jonathan. However, Jonathan's mysterious connection to Pinker through dreams might help track the killer's moves released October 27th, 1989 directed by Wes Craven written by Wes Craven written, 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 written written by Wes Craven too many W's in this. It was written by Wes Craven. Okay. Adam Sandler (laughs) screenplay by Wes Craven. There we go. Yep. All right. I'll, I'll start us off on this one. Go ahead. Okay, I'll Let's go just first. Rip the bandaid off. Go yep. ahead. Uh, so, I gave the story for this one a three. I'm gonna try to give this movie credit where I think it deserves it. Um, this movie has some unique ideas in its story, in that it kind of deals with some family trauma, which Wes Craven is kind of known for tackling those storylines. Um, deals with some family trauma. But also just this idea, he kind of did something with Freddy Krueger where the killer comes through dreams. And this movie is him trying to have this killer come through technology and especially the TV. There's probably some social commentary in here about TV consumption. Um, So I'm giving it credit for having some good ideas in the story but we'll get to the script later it's not very well (laughs) executed for me so i think there are bits and pieces of potential in this film um but it fails it fails to deliver on really any of them uh the i think it's important to note that this was his kind of response to freddy krueger So he created Freddy Krueger, created Nightmare on Elm Street franchise, but then New Line Cinema kind of ripped that away from him and he lost some control. He eventually came back in the 90s. Um, But this was his kind of attempt to create. Horace Pinker was supposed to be back for sequels. We were supposed to get more Horace Pinker. And this movie definitely feels like setup for more although i'm not sure what the delivery on more of that was going to be right but it took 45 minutes to get to the electric chair that's mentioned in the movie premise so there's definitely a lot of setup yeah i'll get to i'll get to more stuff in the script there's a lot of setup and you can feel like this was supposed to set up for a, the next big franchise, the next Jason, the next Freddy. That's what he was going for. But somebody should have reined him in a little bit on this one. 
little bit. That's that's nice of you to say. <laughs> I told you um, I'm, I'm going to try to give credit for oh, some ideas. Try. Oh, look yep. at Tim being being the voice of reason in this review. Yeah, I'm just going to give it to you. Somebody straight. has to be. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to give it straight here. I gave this a one out of five. Um, listen. Uh, don't listen to Tim all the time when he says I can't get down with like a bad horror movie. Like I can get down with like cheesy, goofy, like horror movies. All right. There's like, like there's, what? Uh, let's see. Uh, like Sharknado. I got down with Sharknado. I won't watch it often, but like if it's on in the background and it's, I see it's like, okay, you know, I can, I can get down with that. Okay. Okay. Um, like I'm not totally against it. It's, but the story of this movie, like I, this movie felt like it was trying to be, I felt like there was like three different stories going on. Like there was a romance at one point and then uh, kind of like a, like a ghost movie where it's like, oh, I'm talking to my dead girlfriend. And then there's oh, yeah, that- um, <laughs> this like detective thriller going on. And then there's this like campy, like goofy monster movie within all of it. Um, which I mean, is it the worst? Can you make it work? Probably, uh, but not in this movie. I think what I think I'm har- being so harsh about the story here is just it took way too much effort to try to follow what was going on in this story, and I and some of this will go into direction also. But I just thought that it was a very poorly written story from the beginning to the end, like you said. 45 minutes until we get to any of like the uh, deal with the devil uh, monster, whatever you want to call it stuff uh, towards, uh, which is kind of the main point of this movie. Um, Yeah. I think the introduction to the characters is awkward and stiff. You don't really get to know anyone. Um, You barely get to know this guy as it is. I mean, you kind of get like this somewhat oh shocking reveal when he's gets the chair or whatever, but it's kind of, there's nothing there. There's no, there's nothing that's been built up from the, in the story prior to that to make you give a give a crap um, about the, censoring <laughs> yourself there. <laughs> I had to catch myself there. Um, you, you don't care because the story hasn't set up anything for you. It's just kind of like, oh, the stuff is happening and it's happening at a pace at a snail's pace, but also it's it's slow enough that you feel like there should be some backstory there should be some character building going on here like giving us a reason to care about some of these characters or the story that's happening before us and i yeah like it's just i i don't even know how to explain it really it's just like kid throwing a kid throwing paint on the wall and then calling it you know calling himself the next picasso basically like it's just it's bad you're, I, and what, you're not and far off what sucks most about it and i was telling tim about this before we started recording what sucks more about this is that it is a west craven film and i didn't know that until the movie was over that it was a west craven's film so that made me even more angry about this movie than prior to watching before i even watched it in the first place I want, uh, yeah, we'll get into more details. <laughs> you want along. your money back. <laughs> I want my time. Back. I listen. This was only two hours, and I probably spent about a good hour, maybe hour thirty, hour hour fifteen, actually paying attention to this movie. I still want my time back. That was such a waste of my time. Yeah, tell us how you really feel, Bryce. Uh, I, I, just, I yield. <laughs> keep going. Let's just we'll jump into uh, <clears throat> character. I give the score a one on character. You kind of touched on it a little bit in your rant. Um, oh, I'm not dumb, baby. We just get warmed up. <laughs> it it <clears throat> tries to give you these characters with like some emotional background and some, like I said, the family trauma, but ultimately it completely fails in delivering any kind of redemption arc for anybody there's zero growth through the entire movie there's revelations that are made that have no impact whatsoever on the outcome of the story like did you catch that jonathan our main character is horace pinker's son oh sorry i guess i missed that part because i was asleep at that point in the movie right and it has little to like it's supposed to be this giant revelation that's like oh my gosh because it's mentioned he's adopting all this time yeah it's supposed to be this big revelation no it doesn't matter whatsoever it doesn't explain Mm. why 
Horace Pinker is set to kill him other than like he is set to kill him because I it's it just it utterly fails to give you any kind of compelling character arc, any kind of compelling narrative around these characters. And there's like my favorite character is the one who is completely obsolete to the movie. And that was the the girlfriend who they like tried to shoehorn into making her important. She was so useless. Oh, my God. Yeah, she was utterly useless at the end. But at the the beginning of the film, she's actually a good balance for the boyfriend. And I kind of liked her at the beginning. And then when you turning her into the ghost and all that stuff, utterly ridiculous. Uh, Yeah. So I give I gave the story a one. I gave it. It, a one is terrible yeah or the character the character is yeah. a one which means the characters are terrible in this film yeah also and... not even to mention sorry the the killer who we have no idea why he's a killer he's just one of those like run-of-the-mill oh he's a bad guy and that's it no motivation yeah. as to why he does anything why he kills anybody which why can he... work sometimes so, you know like give credit where credit like it can work sometimes with just having an evil character Right. But then why did he make a deal with the devil to become electricity that can only. Yeah. You got it, baby. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) Ah, ah, that was so bad. I'm so glad you got that. Uh, that That's actually that's actually the clip I pulled from the beginning of the episode. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. So bad. Okay. anyway, your character. Yeah, one out of five. I hated these characters. Um, I'm trying to think of why I didn't give it a zero, honestly. And I think it was just mostly because... Uh, I'm trying to think of what it was. I don't remember. It was probably the killer, it honestly. It was an attempt. Just because, like, again, I can get down with campy horror. And the killer was kind of just one of those, like, obnoxiously ridiculous killers in the movie. And... Like at times, I guess it was somewhat entertaining, and so I didn't. I didn't feel like I could go the full like. F- Again, I'm trying. I'm trying to be a voice of reason in these reviews. I'm trying to be somewhat fair to them, and I feel like I felt like maybe giving a zero would be a little over dramatic as I'm going to be throughout this entire vi- uh, recording. But yeah, I could have easily given this a zero because none of these characters hit at all. Um, there's apps. Sure. There's whatever. I'm not even going to touch on the arc. There's not really an arc in this movie. I cannot stand the main character. I'll get to it in the acting section. The girlfriend, uh, has very, she doesn't, she's not really utilized at all for me. Well, in this movie, I, she's just kind of a placeholder to do some stuff at the end with her little necklace or whatever. Um, and uh, the dad is the cop. I, he's supposed to kind of be this, I, I don't know, this like father figure for him that, you know, is trying to do the right thing by law. And also, did no one did no one in this town think it was crazy that some kid saw this stuff in his dream? And it's just like, oh, we're, we're just going to go with it. Like in any other movie that I've watched with that kind of a premise, like they're all they're all always like, oh, this kid is crazy. Like you need to go no to one's a side believe me. Yeah. <laughs> freaking the invisible man like she was she everyone called her crazy and whatever she got sent to a freaking uh insane asylum before they ever believed anything and she had to like handle it all not till the very end did anyone believe her so first of all i should have said that in the story section but i'm gonna I'll get say to that on the script too. section yeah, i'll get to that on the script section script. it's all of it but anyway these characters were all bad i could not i could give less of a crap about any of them it's a one out of five and it could have easily been a zero out of five if i wasn't so great so generous not and being <laughs> over dramatic you uh you almost make a case there that i'm tempted to go back and give it a zero on the character See? just because exactly when you think hard enough yeah there's they're all super cliche and i think like you mentioned the killer was kind of interesting and I do think it's interesting as I was watching I didn't it. I was interesting. I said entertaining. Entertaining. The same thing. Let's let's be careful uh, here, Tim. <laughs> Not mince words. <laughs> but I I was thinking the same thing as I watched it because I did kind of pick up that he was taking Freddy Krueger evolved over the movies to this one-liner guy who would show up and right you know it's prime time and 
<laughs> he would do all yeah. those little one-liners when he did his oh, kills. Oh, so annoying. It, so yeah. Annoying. And so I definitely picked up that Wes Craven was trying to pick up on that popularity because right, Horace yeah. Pinker is nothing but one-liners. It's his finger looking good, and it's just... Okay. <laughs> we'll get to the script later, Tim. Let's get there when we well, get there. It, I, I just thought it was oh, an interesting man. evolution from Freddy Krueger to Horace Pinker doing the oh, one-liners. Yeah, totally. Mm -hmm. But then we go to Scream just five-ish years later where the killer still has is known for their dialogue, but it's so much more like refined and polished and mm -hmm. makes sense. So I did think like this was an awkward child between two franchises. Yeah. Uh, totally. All right. So jumping into music, this is actually where I had to give the film credit. However, it does not go to the composer of the film. The credit I have to give goes to the heavy metal soundtrack. That was just fun to listen to. I it included the super group Dudes of Wrath. I don't know if you have heard of them. They did a couple. <laughs> they I don't know if it was just for this movie or a couple movie soundtracks or. Anyways, but the Dudes of Wrath is composed of members from Kiss, Whitesnake, Motley Crue and Van Halen. The soundtrack also includes Alice Cooper and Megadeth. So like there were some yeah. major names attached to the music portions of this movie and those songs are actually a ton of fun i enjoyed those the 80s heavy metal it was good those are a good time however the rest of the soundtrack is not worth mentioning whatsoever and the actual sound design itself gets a little the audio production is a little rough like i did go back and watch it a second time or I tried to, I should say. And I wanted to see if I was too harsh the first time or if I agreed with my scores the second time. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I was right on the first time. It, it's a tough movie. But uh, I just noticed that there are scenes like when Jonathan goes to sit in a leather recliner, that the sound of the leather recliner is so loud for no reason that I was like, man, this audio production is not that great. So in hindsight, I might have given Shocker a two on audio. Except I really just enjoyed the nostalgia of the Alice Cooper and the Motley Crue and Van Halen and getting that heavy metal soundtrack. I enjoyed that. But that's it. All right. Let me be the voice of reason now on this one and not let nostalgia taint my ears. Um <laughs> I'm always down for some 80s heavy metal. Like it's it's cool, whatever. I'm I'm down with it. Um, if it didn't feel just out of place in this movie at every turn, I gave it a one out of five. I found the music, both soundtrack and uh, original score, just like I I was and I'm I'm again not trying to be over dramatic, but I was genuinely getting a migraine from the music and the sounds of this movie. Um, I was not a fan of like the originals of the original score. It was kind of, it was just ear bleedingly bad in my opinion. Um, while again, while I'm down for some heavy metal, I just thought it was poorly used in this movie. It did not, it, it felt like it just made it that much harder to watch this movie. Um, I had a headache by the end because of all the sound. I, it was, it also felt like it was mixed a little poor. It was mixed poorly as well. Like, <sighs> I th like it felt a little bit loud more often than not and just blasting through the TV. Um, so I don't know if there was like a mixing issue with it. Maybe it was just me um, or maybe I just had my TV up too loud. Who knows? No, I think um, that goes back to kind of what I was saying. Like yeah. the leather chair sounded really loud sometimes and yeah. then other times like it's mm, off. I agree. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I noticed those a lot of that throughout the entire movie. Just the sound design in general was really off and just rough the entire time. Yeah. The music and the sound gave me a headache by the end. And I was I rather had just muted the entire thing and read subtitles while I watched it. So it's a one out of five okay so then we move on to oh can't wait to talk about the editing and okay. special effects yeah let's let's get it done 
All right. So fun <laughs> fact. Um, Wes Craven was at one point later in life asked if he could remake any of his films. What movie would he remake? And he answered shocker. Mm-hmm. And the reason he answered <laughs> shocker was because the special effects were so bad. Yes. And I mean, not to mention the rest of the movie not being that great either. Um, mm-hmm. But the special effects definitely he wanted to do a lot with them from a guy who was kind of known for amazing practical effects. Right. With the, yeah. With his earlier movies, amazing practical effects. This mm-hmm. definitely reeked of him wanting to dive into special effects and computer animated stuff. And he is on record saying that he was pushed so hard for time because the person they hired to do the special effects abandoned the project. Wow. And they were coming up on the release date. So they eventually just shipped segments off to other special effects people to get it done in time and so Mm -hmm. some pieces were done by one special effects artist some people were done by other uh and that's why this movie just feels like a mismatch of bad cgi computer generated effects it's a couple of the kill scenes where the practical effects were used were actually fine um however Anytime the computer effects are in, it is very bad. It did not age well. And I, I know like it was 1989. Right. But the overabundance of it in this film makes it almost unforgivable. It's distracting. It takes you out of what is supposed to be happening. Uh, and I just think of my favorite effect in the whole movie. And it's not good, but it's my favorite effect. Right is yeah. when the recliner turns into Horace Pinker <laughs> and you see little eyes open in the seams like for a second it's practical and then it changes to computer and the recliner morphs into Horace Pinker holding the guy down and it's just so bad. Yeah, that scene is actually almost funny and how bad it is. Yeah, I wish I could say that about the rest of it. Like when he gets blasted by the satellite into all the other TVs and it's it's awful. It is awful. Yeah, I was probably way too generous. I have no clue why I scored it this, but I gave it a two out of five. It, it's probably more. It's probably definitely a one or zero. Um, I think the reason I was for some reason generous was like you said, there were some special effects that kind of worked and it did look actually pretty decent for what it was like i remember the effect uh that they put on him for what when he had like the um the tv fuzz and he was like walking around that was kind of like his form or whatever and i was like oh, oh yeah actually doesn't look half bad like for the time like i try not to i try not to judge it as much for its time but you know if it holds up today like i mean it didn't look that bad <laughs> There's a couple of things in the in the beginning, also like a couple practical effects and uh, special effects that work decently well. Um, that it does it doesn't take the effects didn't take me start taking me out of the movie until the very the last half. Like, and maybe that's why I was a little more generous because the first half special effects really weren't that distracting for me. And so if if the first half of them and they had de- they had a decent amount of practical effects uh, sorry practical and special effects in the first half compared as much as the second half and so maybe that's why I gave it a 2 um but I'm not going to sugarcoat it it sucks it's really bad um yeah even for 1989 like that is just that's atrocious honestly in some scenes so a 2 might be the best you could argue um, but the only reason I gave it a two was because I'm trying I'm trying to genuinely remember the first half of the movie if there's anything that stood out as super distracting and there really wasn't anything that I that comes to mind. Maybe I'm forgetting, but it probably should be a one. No, there wasn't really anything at the beginning that was distracting, but definitely the the second half is yeah, awful. The, the it's a cl- really man. I the just final act is rough. It. Yeah, I want to go in on that final act because it is oh. just some of the worst 
editing and special effects I've seen I, in a movie. <laughs> we're, I think we're gonna waste the, too much time going down this road. Oh, we can we can go down this road. I think it is so fascinating. Uh, like the idea of hopping from one channel to another for their fight scene. Like I think that's clever. But there's only one time that the channel they hop into interacts with them. Yeah. And that made all the other times where it didn't interact with them feel off. And they were using like they leave they use a clip from Leave It to Beaver. Mm-hmm. And he's like running outside the window, yeah, beaver, beaver. And there's no reaction. And there's like I want to say it was an attempt at humor, but this movie failed to be funny. Anyways, so we can use that to jump into script. So, like I said, I gave the script on this a one, which might have been generous. Um, That was generous. In fact, you're just wrong. Let's just just get that (laughs) out of the way. You're wrong. (laughs) Because it is totally devoid of suspense. It is totally devoid of horror. It is totally devoid of humor. And it is totally devoid of heart. It just has ideas. And the script does nothing to pull any of that together. And it tries like it tries to give you this adoption storyline and the kid watched his family get murdered. But I don't connect to him at all. It it didn't work. Um, The best thing, maybe the reason I gave it a one for the script was some of Horace's one liners were kind of funny. Kind of not like laugh out loud funny but biting off somebody's fingers and then saying finger looking good uh, 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 okay and i actually wrote down a couple of the lines that just made me cringe because they Please made don't. no sense i can't do this again um, oh the uh, there's that scene of him and his girlfriend where he's doing pull-ups and she's in the bathtub that's right yeah and then she comes out and she goes are you okay and he goes, yeah, I'm just worried about this exam. But he was working out and reclining in a vibrating chair that was set up for that amazing chair transition later. And that's it. Like that Ugh. script line makes zero sense. So stupid. Or th- later when I don't even remember why this group of people was trying to break into a building and the guy goes, it's locked. And another guy goes, pick it. And he goes, that's a felony. And he goes, no, that's a lock. Pick it. I'm like, is this slapstick? Is this 1940s humor? Yeah. It doesn't work. It is so rough. And not to mention that the script doesn't cover any of the rules. Like, why is the girlfriend now, now a ghost? Right. Why is the girl? Oh, mm. <laughs> Almost why, got me there. <laughs> well, why does her lock it? her locket it's not even a locket it's a necklace that he gifted her during the movie like the day before she dies yeah why does his gift of a necklace why is that the only thing that hurts horace even though the necklace has zero connection to horace right i don't get that the script doesn't explain that the script doesn't explain the superhuman powers of his dead girlfriend it doesn't doesn't explain his superpowers no of like seeing horse in the dreams no the script the script is pretty abysmal and there are points when the adoptive detective father is talking to his adopted son that i'm like are they father and son? Because he's right. not treating him like a son at all. Yeah, exactly. It's, that's not the way you talk to family adapted or not well, your family, maybe, but, <laughs> <laughs> but like it's the script is bad. Uh, even one of my favorite scenes that I don't think it's supposed to be funny, but it ended up being hilarious was when they're in the park and Horace is jumping from body to body and he jumps into the little girl. And then the mom comes up and tells Jonathan to get his hands off the little girl or whatever. But the little girl is actually Horace and she cusses him out. Like, I I think it was supposed to be funny. I'm not sure if it was supposed to be funny, mm-hmm. but it ends, ended up actually just being cringeworthy. It didn't succeed at any of what it was trying to do. And that's how I feel about the script in general. It fails everything it attempts. 
Yeah. Um, so I don't know why I gave it a one. So I'm going to give you this opportunity then. It's a zero, right? It's a, it's officially a zero, right? I, I mean, come on. Do, do I give it a one for some of Horace's lines and just... Oh, come on. You did not think that, fin- that a finger licking good or whatever was that funny, right? That was a bad no, line. No, it made me cringe. It made me it cringe. <laughs> yeah. And so, and that's my point to why I give it a zero out of five because there was nothing like I only laughed in this movie because I was watching it with Megan and the we would only laugh because of how stupid like the lines of this movie were I, the one that stood out for me was the, uh, the random lips when he was selling his soul. You got it, baby. Like it, okay, that's didn't, hilarious. Didn't realize the, uh, <laughs> didn't realize the, uh, devil was the devil from South park <laughs> who was who super also gay. takes, also uh, takes orders from, uh, yeah. Who also takes from prisoners. <laughs> give me, he's like, give oh, it to man. me, give it to me. You got it, babe. Yeah, like that's the most okay. flamboyant devil I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> oh man it was so bad i i the script is devoid of any logic um like it's worse than marvel scripts are i just like you you basically hit the nail on the head perfectly with just calling out those specific like so those specific moments where it's just like what who says that in that situation why is that your solution for that um yeah, these characters and their interactions are just so uh, robotic and I like I mean it's it's basically D-list actors in a D with a D-list script like and we'll get to the acting next. So I, this is actually the perfect transition. I don't want to beat this dead horse anymore. <laughs> I'm sick of it. We're going to jump into the acting because I also gave that a 0 out of 5. I could not stand any of these actors in this movie it was just all bad all you know i'm gonna go into the main character what was his name again um jonathan yeah jonathan Mm -hmm. oh my gosh i actually wrote notes about his performance oh my gosh okay specifically his voice just got under my skin yep uh, yep are you are you telling me that my girlfriend's dead like yes brother, if you're gonna say it say it with your chest you know god dude he was just the worst person to like listen like for a main character Horribly i have to miscast. listen to yeah for a guy i have to listen speak for what 80 90 percent of this movie oh my gosh it was like it was like listening to nails on a chalkboard i just wanted to strangle him um yeah i'm i'm gonna mostly go in on him like (laughs) everyone else was just bad he was specifically annoying so Uh, the note i wrote about him while you're ranting about him because it's i wrote that he is almost performing this whole thing as if he's drunk yes and he is struggling he's struggling to form his words like he's thinking about what he's saying so much that he's distorting it how it comes out like when you talk to somebody who is super wasted and they just have to think about it for a second and yeah, it's just almost like, like he's man. reading a, he's reading like cards off to the side like an SNL skit. That's what oh, it felt like. It it it's except they do it better. <laughs> <laughs> Debatably. Uh I do think physically he fits the role. He yeah. looks the part, he but looks yeah, the part. his delivery is wretched. It's awful. It's yeah. Yeah, no, he it was he was terrible. Um, basically, it's just mostly I'll basically I'll just stick to him and Horace mostly because those are the main two characters. The only ones that matter. They're the only ones that matter. Um, Horace's performance. I listen. I get it. It's cheesy. It's campy. It's over the top. But it is just it's to the point where it's annoying, and it's just. I just want him to I'm just done with this movie at that point. Like if that if that is the main villain that I have to sit through this entire movie, like and he takes up a ton of screen time. He is in this really movie does. almost just as much as Jonathan is. Um 
and it, I just found him annoying by the end. Um, again, I he probably did exactly what he was g- supposed to do with the script, and so whatever, blame the script, I guess. But I was sick of both of these characters by the end of the movie. And at that point, if I'm if that's what all I have to say about those guys, and that's the two I want to stick to, then the rest are just forgettable, and they didn't do anything special. It was bad. Um, the dad was just kind of annoying. He almost tried too hard to be kind of the rough rough and tough you know cop dad who's the father figure of this guy's life and it also and i was just done with him the girlfriend was just kind of daintily i don't even know if that's she was right better word. before just she like, was a ghost yeah i just whatever i'm sick <laughs> i'm done talking about these characters they all suck yeah there's i gave it a one i honestly i think i gave it a one for peter berg who plays horace pinker yeah and that or um mitch uh Mitch Pelegi. Yeah, Mitch Pelegi. Yeah, Sorry, Peter Berg yeah. plays Jonathan. Yeah. Because um, Mitch Pelegi has a decent amount of acting under his belt. And yeah, for sure. I do. Everything I've seen him in was nothing like what I watched in that. So I gave him credit for really doing something different. Um, however, like I mentioned earlier, he's kind of following that freddy krueger delivering one-liners during kills right but Mm -hmm. freddy actually carried a weight of menace with him and this guy doesn't there's no menace it's just like it falls flat even on the performance i like i said it failed to deliver the suspense and part of that is right yeah but i gave him one point of credit for the acting on that but like we talked about jonathan berg or no yeah Mm -hmm. peter berg's character yeah peter berg is makes this movie essentially unwatchable it's so hard to watch because he is not good he is not good i'm like trying to find like what this guy has been in (laughs) so he actually has been mostly directing since then yeah, that's what I, I've noticed. He's been a big director, but he's been in like he's been in a lot of bigger movies. Whether they're good or not is up to you. But like I'm just kind of going through the list of movies. Like he's in them, but I can't tell you that I know who he is at all. I think there's um, probably a reason that he's bit parts. Yeah, yeah. But like, like he directed. Patriots Day, Deepwater Horizon. Yeah, Deepwater Horizon's a big one that comes Lone out. Survivor, Battleship, Friday Night Lights. Uh, Lone Survivor. Hancock was huge when it came out. Yeah, H- Hancock, man, that's a that's an oldie. Whew. Yep. But so he's definitely been more successful behind the camera than he has been in front of the camera. Well, let's see, Mitch Pelegi. Oh, X Files. Yep. He yeah that makes he's sense. He's a recurring cast member on yep. X Files. So X Files makes sense. Yeah, I don't know much about him either. He was in Transformers, I guess. Also, yeah, like I'm just kind of, I was just kind of like looking through to see what these guys have been in. Yeah, if uh, both of both of them, Mitch Pelegi definitely came off more as the guy with a little bit more experience um, compared to the two. But uh, again, it's just this they're. Yeah, I'm. I, I'm going to stop there before I get going. Yeah, again. <laughs> we're just giving the acting. It's yeah. it's bad, guys. So anyway, that leads us into direction. Tim, would you like to go ahead and take that? Yes, and I think interestingly enough, um, I don't know if I can make a case for it because you scored this not knowing it was Wes Craven. I scored it yeah. knowing it was Wes Craven. The next couple scores will definitely show that for sure. Yes, and. I want to say that in less skilled hands, this movie would have been an absolute train wreck. It's already an extreme misfire. Say, it's al- kind of already a train wreck. <laughs> it's it's already. I, I don't know what's worse than a train wreck. <laughs> Might have. Yeah. Dumpster for your. Yeah, it's already bad. Um, but if we had thrown this into the hands of somebody who had no idea what they were doing, how much worse would it have been? Right. I do think my one is probably a soft spot for Wes Craven, having a hard time giving him a zero. But man, there are times when like the scenes just jump and it's night or it's day or they're in a completely different location than the previous sentence. Right. And I 
the transitions from art is this a dream segment that we're seeing right now is mm-hmm. this like wow it is it's rough <laughs> so i i gave it a one and like i said i think that's a soft spot for wes craven it as i've said for just about every other category especially the script it fails to deliver on everything it attempts i do mm-hmm. think this is one of those cases where Wes had been extremely successful prior and created major horror franchise and was doing really well. And I kind of think the studio just said, Wes, whatever you want to do, do it. Here's your budget and just let him go crazy. Mm -hmm. And somebody should have been there to say, maybe this isn't a good idea. Maybe we should trim this scene. Maybe the girlfriend doesn't need to die halfway through and become a ghost. Like, I think it's a case of a director being allowed to do whatever he wanted to do when he should have been restrained a little bit. So that's why I give it the one. Yeah, that's that's my thoughts on the direction. Yeah, uh... it's almost like Zack Snyder's sucker punch. You know, I've been meaning to go back and uh, revisit that movie because um, stylistically I, it looked beautiful. Since I'm, I'm not sure how much sense it made. So. Yeah, I've, I know there was a lot of stir about him releasing a director's cut of that movie because he really wants to let that full justify vision. it. Yeah, yeah. I, I am curious. I, I do want to go back and rewatch that one. But anyway, um, whether or not this, I knew I would have known this was by Wes Craven before or after the fact, I still think mine would have been zero out of five. I just, man, it was, it was rough getting through this movie. I'm not going to watch this ever again. So I don't, I'm surprised you did. Um, yeah. The, like I said, it just feels like it's a bunch of different genres of movie kind of just thrown together into a big pot. And, you just kind of get what you get and the direction from beginning to end is just sloppy. It is disgusting. Um, absolutely no character development or growth in any way that makes you care about a character that makes you root up for a character. Even the bad guy, you're not even rooting for the bad guy. It's just, you just want the movie to end. Like I'd, I'd rather just see a nuke get dropped and blow up the world and be like, okay, we're good to go. All right. Um, the entire middle section of this movie just drags at a snail's pace and it convoluted makes, and messy. It, yes. Yeah, it makes no like the supernatural stuff makes absolutely zero sense in this movie. That's essentially a tech thriller. Yeah, it's it's yeah. stupid. Like the whole necklace thing being the defense for him against the guy makes zero freaking <clears throat> sense at all. Um and it gets thrown into the lake. <laughs> yeah, his like his powers and how he can do stuff, why he can do it, like how? Okay, first of all, the whole messing with electricity thing, like why, like how yeah. and why, like it doesn't make any. Like I can suspend belief only so much. Mr. Somehow, Craven. Horace Horace got jumper cables and connected himself to a TV that was in his in a prison, prison cell. cell. <laughs> like how does that even eh. anyway and then the ending is just over the top ridiculousness and not in any fun way at all here's the thing i genuinely think that this if if reigned in and like really 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 worked on like i'm talking plastic like going in with the knife with and a like scalpel surgically yeah. yep completely reworking this entire movie i think there's actually a fun movie in here like i just i think with with definitely touching up the special effects um i think there's a lot of fun stuff that could that could be done with this movie but the way it is at this point it is just unwatchable uh, the, yeah you're left about 20 minutes in not even yeah 20 30 minutes in just like sweet lord is this movie still going um yeah and it this, hadn't even started at 20 minutes yeah in. it didn't even yeah. start at that point like i'm still i'm still trying to figure out like who's related to who and like well how wait how does he have those powers like oh that's just normal okay cool i'm glad we're not freaking out about that at all as characters in this movie uh, that brings yeah. up one of my favorite scenes early on when they sit <laughs> down in the bar and it's him and his adoptive father yeah and they just walk in together and they sit down and they both order a drink and then the next line out of jonathan's mouth is I bet you're wondering why I called you here. Nope. It, no, that's and not like, what he said. He what? says, I, so I bet you're wondering why I called you here. <laughs> yep. <laughs> you're right. You got the inflection. 
yeah and it's just like again oh, you guys man. walked in together you weren't having a conversation before the, anyways yep. yeah <laughs> so yeah zero out of five it's awful this movie's direction why like it's hard to keep up with this movie you have no clue what's going on and you don't care either so you're probably just gonna end up not paying attention anyway and i you mentioned that like 20 minutes in you're waiting you're wishing it was over and I agree at 20 minutes in, I'm like, normally the movie, especially horror movies, start with like five, maybe a 10 minute opening sequence that hooks you. Right. Yeah. And tells you like, OK, this is the horror element of what you're in for. Mm-hmm. And then we get into character development. Right, this movie yeah. doesn't have that until the 45 minute mark. And then we get into the uh, plot of the movie and it's just like we spent mm-hmm. 45 minutes on character development and I still don't care about the characters. Yep. And I want it to be done. And the 45 minute mark is just under halfway. And this movie feels like it's three hours long. It just feels so, so long. It's a yep. struggle. Mm-hmm. So let's jump in. Yep. It factor. I hate I hate to be crapping on a Wes Craven movie this hard, but man. Uh yeah. So just do it, if, man. It factor. It I gave it a two because unlike you, I knew this was a Wes Craven film going into it. So I had some expectations. I knew it wasn't one of his most popular, obviously. Um, but I'm like, oh, it's a Wes Craven film. Maybe it'll at least have some good scares or some good atmosphere or something. So I had some excitement going into it. However, the movie completely and utterly failed to deliver on scares, suspense, thrills, atmosphere, any of that. It totally missed the mark. And that's why I gave it a two. Probably could have dropped it down to a one. But I do think in this case, the name of Wes Craven carries the weight. And the movie itself speaks for the disappointment. So as far as the it factor goes, I was pretty excited to give this movie a try. I'd never seen it before. Um, He's the father of Scream and Nightmare on Elm Street, as well as a bunch of earlier stuff in the 70s and 80s. All of it's pretty good. What went this wrong isn't here? one of them. I, <laughs> I mean, this is this is what I told you. I think this is the example of him not being reined in nobody told him mm-hmm. no he was yep. allowed to fully do whatever he wanted and it's just him listed on the script if i remember it's just him listed as the as the director a producer should have stepped in and been like wes this doesn't make sense yeah so i'll get i was i wanted to dunk on you a little bit for the for this score but you know it's fair because i do think that name recognition does obviously uh hold weight um but i did not get that joy i try to i try to go into these movies um with as little information as possible just so it doesn't uh uh, put me in a bad mood or you know too or my expectations aren't set are set too high um and yeah i because had i known that this was a west craven movie um going into this and i watched it with that pretext i wouldn't have not finished this movie um it's a zero out of five for me that i gave it um basically i'm not i never i didn't know this movie going into it i had never heard of it and i promise you by the time we're done recording this i am going to scrub this from my memory so i never have to think about this movie ever again all right i i don't think that's unfair uh (laughs) good because i would i would beat you down if you thought it was unfair no No, i think i justified my two like i do think i do think wes wes's name carries something but going into it not knowing that it's easily understandable why i really never heard of this movie really nobody's talking about it you're not seeing Knowing yeah. that it's a West, finding out it was a West Craven movie made me more angry about this movie. So even even <laughs> it's with heartbreaking, that, 
even with that West Craven, it's still at the very best would have been a one, maybe, because it's like, okay, if coming out, I'm sure like Wes Craven being, you know, Nightmare on Elm Street uh, had come out already. That was kind of a big hit. Like, sure. Like, yeah, Wes Craven probably had some, had, had a little bit of weight to that. I don't know. I wasn't there. I wasn't born yet. Um, <laughs> no, this was my birth year. Yeah, exactly. So this movie had a five million dollar budget. The opening weekend was only four point five million, and it only grossed uh, sixteen million. So um, I don't know if you would consider that great. I look at that and think gross. Um, no, it was ultimately uh, one of his biggest failures, if yes, not, and nothing less. So if again, even if I had known this was a Royce Craven, I still probably would have been so angry with this movie by the end of it that I would have still given it a zero. But sure, one, because it's Wes Craven. I understand that. And that's fair. Yeah. And to just to be fair and cover <clears throat> it, his reputation was probably, I want to say at its peak about this time, uh, during the nineties, he had some rougher films before he got to scream mm-hmm. the people under the stairs, vampires or vampire in Brooklyn, early nineties films. Yeah. But leading up to this one, I mean, his first film was last house on the left, which was, that was the Jennifer Lawrence movie, right? Uh, that was the remake. Okay. I thought, well, I didn't I'm know not even sure. The, is it? A, no, this was like his very first film, 1972. Okay. That's, I thought it was a yeah. remake. I just want to that's, be sure. That's one that's like exploitation, hard to watch. Yeah. yeah and that kind of yeah. kicked him into, kicked him into the scene. And then he did the original Hills have eyes. So that was mm, another yeah. franchise <clears throat> nightmare on Elm street. He directed swamp thing in 82. Uh, right before this was the serpent and the rainbow, which is kind of a cultural horror film. Um, really interesting pulling on like African voodoo stuff, but yeah, he was probably at his peak and then he did this movie and it was just meh. So anyways, Mm -hmm. my final score and I, I don't know why I gave it at this. I gave it a three. Um, because I tried to watch it a second time and found myself like walking out of the room, doing other things, not paying attention. And I, maybe that's why I gave it a three, put it on in the background for some late 80s heavy metal noise in the background. There you go. Except there's like four songs through the whole movie. Um, yeah, I gave it a three. I I don't want to watch it again. Maybe someday I'll be like, oh, you like Wes Craven? Well, have you seen this film? And then I'll don't you do that to someone? Yeah, then I'll make don't somebody do that. watch it. Yeah, but it's. It's just not enjoyable. It's not a good movie. I don't want to watch it. It's not even I I told Bryce beforehand. It's not even so bad. It's good. Like some of it is chuckle worthy, but none of it is like this is so absurd. I'm dying Mm -hmm. laughing. It's more like, man, this is something like you said, you feel like if you went in with a scalpel, there could have been something good there. And I do think maybe the idea between Horace Pinker and Jonathan, just that one storyline flushed out a little bit more could have made something watchable. But instead we added in all of these other things that just make it a jumbled mess. Yeah, I, I gave it a three, but that's that's a generous three. Yeah, uh, I gave this a zero out of ten. Um, I feel like I've made my points pretty clear for the most part. So, yeah, I'll never watch. Oh no! This movie. One more time for the people who just came in. So for all you coming, <laughs> no, go ahead, take a seat. Yeah, nope, sit down. You're good. You're good. Get your drinks. Thank you for uh, joining get, us tonight. Yeah, thanks for joining us here tonight. Um, yeah, go ahead and just take a seat real quick. So, um, starting from the top, yeah, this movie is just horrendous. Don't ever watch this movie. I would not put anyone through this movie at all. Um, I will never watch it again. I want to forget about it. Um, man, sometimes, you know, sometimes I think about like, yeah, you know, we want to do a podcast, you know, for our reviews and like, yeah, it'll be super fun. And it's, and then it's movies like this that just make it feel like a job and it's just, it ruins the fun of it. And it's just, see, unlike Bryce, I enjoy (laughs) talking about bad movies. 
And this one, this one is different from Troll 2 for me because I think Troll 2 is so bad it's enjoyable. This one is just bad. It's not enjoyable, but I still find I find some pleasure in watching something I've never seen before and then talking about it, even its bad points, because together we can laugh even if we did it during the movie. Yes. So Yeah, it's a zero ten. I had zero fun. I was on my phone. I was not paying attention. Um, You know, I'll just say it. I was skipping through the middle parts of this movie, just kind of like loosely paying attention to what the story was and just trying to make the movie go faster. Um, It was it was awful. I didn't. And yeah. And for those of you who are who are probably saying, oh, you might miss that. No, I didn't miss anything. Okay, because I didn't know what was going on in the first place. I don't I, I don't care. Sue me. Whatever. It's a zero out of 10. It's awful. It's going to make you, you're going to want to skip it too when you put it on. I don't want to hear it. Don't get, get off your soapbox. Get him out of here. Which brings my final score to a five. Thanks security. Yeah. Yep. Uh, final score to a five. My final score is a 16, which puts it in the terrible Jeez, category. Tim? That puts it in the terrible category. What's wrong with you? You yours, psychopath. <laughs> yours puts it in the unwatchable category. Yeah. Uh, your wife actually scored it a 14 also in the terrible yeah, category she's crazy too <laughs> altogether that averages it out to a 12 as this is a terrible film for social settings just a terrible film in general maybe if you're looking for some cheesy 90s nostalgia or late 80s nostalgia i would still choose something else um it, yeah it doesn't deliver it doesn't deliver it's don't watch it skip it move on i am sorry to bring this to you on the second night of 13 nights of halloween we have so much to go through still oh oh my god let's hope to to be fair and to put this out there right now i've seen maybe three movies on this list so we picked movies based on my birth year bryce's birth year his wife's birth year and my wife's birth year And then for our 13th movie, we have a surprise film that we haven't announced yet that will be uh, the birth year of 13 Nights of Halloween. So the first year we started doing this, uh, which is 2020. So some of these movies, because we were limited by the year they were released, really limited by choices. (laughs) Really challenged Uh, us in our... uh... Yeah, when it came to 89, I picked this one because it was a Wes Craven film, honestly. See? I picked and it because of the name. Now you and know. I was like, hey, and there might have been some better options in the year. But if you yeah. like the movie, we want to hear from you. Please. Uh, if you give us exist. scores. <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm hoping you're out there. <laughs> Sorry. I don't know what just happened. Um, if you're out there, if you're following along night by night, shoot us a score. If you sat down and watched it. First of all, I'm sorry. If you enjoyed it, <laughs> let us know. Okay. I'm, I'm hoping we can deliver a better movie to you tomorrow. Says you. I'm I hoping. Hope, I hope so. Yeah. Oh, for night gosh. three. I don't know what it's going to be yet. I mean, I kind of do, but I'm not going to tell you. Yeah, so we, I don't want you we, to show up. We need up. to keep this one a little more hush hush. Yeah. Know? I, want, I want you to show up for night three. Yeah. So we exactly. kicked it off strong with Ring. And then we brought you back down to reality with Shocker. So uh, it's going to be a long 13 nights. <laughs> it will be, but we're glad you're here. Amen. All right. So with that, that about wraps up this episode. Uh, make sure you guys go ahead and leave us a review of this movie. If you've seen it, if you watched it, uh, if you're the one one person in this world who likes this movie, please let us know. Make some make some points. And trust me, I've read through IMDb reviews. Okay, so there are people out there who like this movie for whatever reason. So we want to hear from you. Please let us know. Um, I, I think that'd be pretty cool. Uh, but as always, make sure to follow us on the YouTube, the fate or sorry, the uh, the YouTube, the Rumble, the Spotify. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram. And we're on um, Apple Podcasts now. Yes, Google Podcasts. Podcast. Yep. Go ahead All and follow us things. there as well. Get us there. Um, leave us your reviews for this movie and any other movie that you're watching. Go back and see some of our reviews that we've done this year and leave a review because um, we got some things planned for the end of the year, possibly. But yeah, uh, outside of that, Tim, anything outside else? Outside of that, thank you for joining us tonight. It was sure. good to see you again. Um, yeah. Bring a friend tomorrow.
Sure. Whatever that means. Yeah. Bring a friend. Join us for night three, whether that's sharing this with a friend or inviting them for a listening party. I don't care. Yeah. Tell somebody about it. Tell anyone. Just warn. Just say you're sorry for us. Tell your mom. Or your dad. Or your uncle. Or your Not the creepy uncle. Not the creepy one. No, don't. don't, Not the creepy uncle. All right. We're dragging this on a little bit here. Yeah. See you tomorrow. (laughs) Yep. See you guys.